Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of this brand new podcast titled The Thinking Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Angus. So the Thinking Fan Podcast, this is obviously the first episode, and I'd first like to thank you all for uh, coming out and listening today and, you know, clicking on iTunes, and I hope you become listeners for, for you know, a long time here and like to like to listen to this podcast in the future. So the Thinking Fan Podcast is going to be a podcast about baseball statistics and player analysis. Uh, I am very into, and I hope you are too since you're listening to this, uh, very into you know, analyzing players based on numbers and statistics in the MLB. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. Without further ado, let's get into our first episode today. Our first episode is going to be about breakout players for the 2018 first half. The All-Star break just ended a couple days ago, so I'm going to be talking about players who had fantastic first halves that were somewhat uncharacteristic of the rest of their careers. I mean, there's a guy on this list who's been playing for a long time, a couple guys on this list who are, who are newer, so... We're going to be talking about guys who've had outstanding first halves that are, you know, breakout. They they haven't really done this before, and now they're superstars in our game. So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And without further ado, let's get into this first episode. In my opinion, the 2018 first half of Major League Baseball was one of the best first halves I've seen in the decade. Uh, from 2010 to now, I'd say that the 2018 MLB first half was at least top three as far as you know great starts to a season. There have been a lot of uh, MVP candidates, if you want to call them that, this early in the season that you wouldn't have expected, such as Jose Ramirez or or JD Martinez or you know guys like that and we're not going to talk about those kind of guys today because they they have you know had good seasons before they're they're new to the MVP scene but that that's for another episode. So there there have been a lot of great things that have happened in this first half but in my opinion the best thing that's happened in this first half is there have been guys who have been major contributors to contending teams and and something on contending teams that haven't performed at this level ever in their career. I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight three guys today. There are certainly more in the league that have done this, um, that have done this type of thing, being breakout players. But I'm gonna highlight three guys today who have done an excellent job of helping their team win games and are are superstar breakout players now, in my opinion. That just they just have taken their game to a whole other level. So the first guy I'm gonna announce on this list is the only pitcher on the list that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about today. His name is Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's, you know, the ace of the Tampa Bay Rays now, even over Chris Archer, which is saying a lot because Archer's been a good pitcher for a while now. Uh, so Blake Snell was named to the All-Star game after, you know, infamously being snubbed for the first couple weeks of voting. He was he was not going to be on the team originally, and then he was placed on the team and almost got the start, actually. 
So um, I, I think Blake Snell is plenty deserving of being called a breakout player. I mean, coming into this year, he had a career ERA over four in, in only two seasons, granted. But now this year, his his ERA is it's under three. It's it's well under three. It's two point two seven. That's second in the entire American League and third in all of Major League Baseball behind only Jacob DeGrom and Chris Sale, who were obviously, you know, elite Cy Young perennial candidates in, in the league every year. So um, his ERA plus, which is a stat that I like a little bit more because it's park adjusted, meaning that it, it takes away that, you know, help of him playing in Tropicana, which is a bigger field. And it doesn't, uh, it accounts for park adjusted and league averages, which means this this helps show how good Blake Snell is considering that he's pitching in, you know, the toughest division in baseball to pitch in, which is the American League East. He pitches against the Red Sox and the Yankees consistently. He pitches against the Orioles, who, you know, were not a good team, but have Machado uh, until recently he was traded. They had, he had to pitch against the Blue Jays, who have a, a potent lineup as well. So he's pitching in the toughest division in baseball in a, in a somewhat pitcher-friendly park, not not too pitcher-friendly, but... Let me just give you his ERA plus. His ERA plus is 173. League average is 100, meaning that he's obviously, you know, 73% above league average, which is almost twice as much as what, what an average pitcher is doing. So that's fourth in all of baseball. Um, I, I actually don't know who in the top three are. It, it's Actually, I do know. It's Sale, Scherzer, and DeGrom. So those are the top three in Major League Baseball, and uh, Blake Snell is fourth. So when you're when your name's being mentioned in any kind of conversation with those kind of guys, you're getting Cy Young candidacy level, and uh, you're certainly a breakout player if you've never had a season like this before. So Max Scherzer's not a breakout player, for instance, because well, he's already won three Cy Youngs. So Blake Snell's his FIP, his fielding independent pitching. Uh, for those of you who don't know what fielding independent pitching is, it is a it's basically an adjusted ERA for um for it accounts for things that the pitcher can control: walks, strikeouts, hits, home runs, uh, things like that. Not not taking into consideration his defense, not taking into consideration how well his team hits, which is why this is probably my favorite statistic for all pitchers. Uh, his FIP is 3.42, which might sound like an average uh, amount if it was an ERA, but for FIP, that is very very good because a lot of pitchers have a much higher fielding independent pitching than they do ERA, which is which is the case with Blake Snell as well, and his his fielding independent pitching is is fantastic at 3.42. His strikeout to walk ratio is near three; it's 2.85. Um, you know he's he's not exactly Bartolo Colon in this department where Bartolo's strikeout to walk ratio is near eight, but that's that's an extreme example because Bartolo doesn't walk anybody. So uh, Blake Snell has great strikeout numbers, and he's marginally okay with walks. He he walks more guys than the average pitcher, but he works around it because he doesn't give up a whole lot of hits. He's got he's got really uh, electric type stuff, and I know we don't talk about the the looks of players as much on this as we do statistics, but he does he has very good you know control and uh, command of his off speed pitches as well, which helps him out to get more strikeouts. Which leads me to my next point: his strikeouts is 134 strikeouts in 119 innings. His 134 strikeouts are eighth in baseball, which um. You know, I know that sounds like it's kind of low, but for someone who's never been even in the top 50 before, that's it's very impressive. So, um, in top 10 overall, it's not it's not taking him out of Cy Young candidacy. I think Blake Snell will be a finalist for Cy Young at the end of the year, uh, along with probably uh, Chris Sale and uh, Luis Severino of the Yankees. Uh, Kluber's kind of fallen out of the race recently. He's 
he struggled a little bit. But if he goes on a, a historic second half like he has in years past, uh, maybe he could get back into that conversation a little bit. Uh, the final stat I'm going to talk about for Blake Snell is, yes, war wins above replacement player. Uh, he's fifth among all pitchers in wins above replacement at 4.1. So for those of you who don't know what war is, well, maybe this isn't the right show for you, but his uh, war is is a stat that tells you how high above league average he is. So a 0.0 war would indicate that a player is is replacement level, meaning if you call, if this team were to call someone up from AAA, that's the level that that player is. He's an average call-up player. And 4.1 is, is well, well above average. I mean, that's, that's all-star level, obviously. Five for an entire season. If you have a five war for an entire season, that's all-star level. And he's on pace for like an 8.2 war right now, which means, you know, that'd be MVP level. And <laughs> I'm certainly not telling you that Blake Snell is the MVP of the American League because he's not, but um, but 8.2 WAR is is very very good, which is it's second among all pitchers in the American League behind only Trevor Bauer, who is also having a breakout season, but isn't actually on this list uh, for you know time constraint reasons because I'm not going to talk all day about every breakout player. So uh, yeah, that's that's Blake Snell. He had a 1.9 WAR in his first two years of play combined. And he's at 4.1 halfway through this year. So that tells you, you know, how much he's really improved. Um, so that's Blake Snell. He's probably my favorite player on this list. Um, actually, I take that back. He's he, he's my favorite. He's my favorite breakout pitcher, and that's why he's on this list. He's one of my favorite pitchers in all of baseball. Him and him, Max Scherzer, and Clayton Kershaw. And that's why uh, that's why I'm putting Snell up on this list. So the uh, the next player I'd like to talk about is Jed Lowry, shortstop for the Oakland A's. Um, obviously Lowry, you know, um, he's been an, a role player for most of his career. He has a career high war coming into this year of 2.2, which is, you know, uh, replacement above replacement level, but it's also, um, bench player level. So he's not, he's hasn't been a starting caliber player for most of his career this year through first half of the season. He's got a 3.3 war already, which is, um, which is top five and top ten, top ten. Sorry, in all of uh, all of Major League Baseball among position players, uh, his offensive WAR, which has really been his calling card. He's not an outstanding defensive shortstop. He's about average. His offensive WAR is tenth in all of the league and three at three point six, which is basically just uh, you know offensive WAR is just your WAR not accounting for defense. Um, and his OPS plus, which is you know the same thing as ERA plus for a pitcher, but it's it's OPS, but adjusted for for park and league averages. He's got a 134 OPS plus. League average is again 100. So he's he's 34 percent above league average as a hitter, which is you know which is very great because uh, the 173 from Blake Snell ERA plus ERA pluses tend to be higher than OPS pluses. So a 173 OPS plus would be almost unattainable, but the 134 OPS plus is is very very solid. I'm gonna bring up RBIs here. I'm not. A huge fan of RBIs because I believe that it's it's pretty team circumstantial considering you know you have to get guys on base in front of you to do that and Lowry's been on a pretty pretty decent run scoring team so this might be swaying his RBI statistic a little bit but he got 62 RBIs already which is 10th in the, in the all of Major League Baseball so um so 62 RBIs being top 10 is obviously you know a very good number but uh, the reason I bring this up is because last year which was until this year, his best season, he had 69 RBIs in all of the year. So he's well on his way to passing that. And 
He's on pace for, obviously, 124 runs batted in, which who knows whether he'll get there or not. But um, 69 RBIs was his career high, and 62 is what he has this year. So that goes to show you the the increase in player development that Jed Lowry's had. And the reason I like Jed Lowry on this list is because he's not a guy who's doing it in his third or fourth season is just starting to figure it out coming into the league. He's been in the league for 11 years now. This is his 11th season. So for a player to you know, come through, uh, play 10 years in the league, and then finally have his breakout season in the 11th year. That's that's something, you know, you can tip your cap to. That's something that I think is very, very great of Jed Lowry to do. Another guy who who didn't make this list, but I'm going to give you an honorable mention to right now, is Nick Markakis because he's in kind of the same boat. He's had, uh, I think this is his 13th career season, and he made his first All-Star game this year, which is, you know, uh, an All-Star game is nothing to scoff at. And he did it for the first time in 13 years, which is very impressive. And, you know, hats off to Nick Markakis for doing that. He's not on this list, so let's get uh, back to the list now, though. So uh, Javier Baez is going to be my third breakout player. Um, I think Javier Baez uh, is my one of my favorite players, position players in all of baseball. He's so exciting to watch. His defense is second to none. He plays three positions mainly. He plays third base, shortstop, and second base, so all across the infield and He's a top 10 uh, defensive run saved at all three positions, which is, I don't even I don't even know how that, I wouldn't have even thought that possible coming into this year. He's very, very good on defense, as you know. You saw him playing in the World Baseball Classic last year, and he has that in- infamous play where he's tagging a guy out stealing, and um, and he's pointing to the catcher while he does it. He's, he's that smooth on defense that he's able to not even pay attention to the ball and still tag people out. So that's just... A play that stands out in my mind from off your bias, but as for his statistics, um, he's an elite base stealer. He's a he had 18 stolen bases in the first half of the season, which is sixth in the league. But what really stands out to me is his 90% success rate in stealing bases. That's first in all of Major League Baseball by a wide margin. So I mean, uh, being the most efficient base stealer and still having the quantity of six to be able to you know get there is very impressive. Uh, he's a good power hitter, so he. His on-base percentage is about league average at 330. Well, that's a little bit above league average, but it's closer to league average at 330. His slugging percentage, however, is 559, though, which is sixth in all of Major League Baseball. So he has 19 home runs. Uh, not being that's not the most, not certainly not the most home runs of anybody. Not even top 10, but um, but to have a slugging percentage of 559 tells you, you know he's getting a lot of extra base hits. He's He's near tops in the league in doubles, and he legs out some triples as well. Uh, his career OPS plus is 102, so in coming into this year in his four or five seasons before the series, slightly above league average as a hitter, but this year he's a 127 OPS, which is close to Jed Lowry, and when you couple a 127 OPS with his kind of defense, that's a that's a you know a, a, an elite-level player. That's someone that you can build a franchise around when you have a player like that. It, especially coming from the shortstop position. I know shortstop's a little little deeper these days, but in the National League, it's really it's not as deep as it is in the American League with Lindor and Correa and uh, players like that. So um, Javier Baez is going to be my third player. Uh, his war was 3.6, and 2.0 of that war comes from defense. So he's a top-five defensive player in all of Major League Baseball. That's fifth exactly to have two, two of your war coming from defense, and 1.6 comes from offense, which isn't as high of an offensive total as you'd like to see from an MVP candidate, so I'm, I wouldn't put him in that conversation, but he's a 3.6 overall war. 
Uh, he's leading the National League in RBIs also, which is 7.2, or 7.2 RBIs, yeah. Now he's got 72 RBIs, which is first in all of the National League. Uh, so that just about wraps up today's episode. Uh, I'd like to just, just point out that although these players are the ones I mentioned as being uh, my favorite breakout players from the season, it doesn't mean they're necessarily the best breakout players. I think Nick Markakis is having a slightly better year than Jed Lowry, for example, um, but but uh, these are the players that I felt deserved to be on the list because, well, they're my personal favorite breakout players, and they're certainly having deserving years of being on the list, whether they're your personal favorites or not. And uh, and I, I think that there are a lot of breakout players in Major League Baseball this season, which is one of the reasons that it's been so such a great first half. And I look forward to seeing what these guys can do in the first half. If Blake Snell can stay in the Cy Young conversation, if Javier Baez can even hit a little more than he has and push himself into the MVP race if Jed Lowry can can keep the A's in contention. So I'm hoping that hoping that these guys have a great second half. And uh, I thank you very much for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to me on iTunes.